Good morning, International Christian Fellowship, Rome, and online campus. Pastor Jennifer here. I am so excited. It is summer in Italy, and it is summer, maybe winter, wherever you're watching from on your continent. But today, I want you to lean into the worship. I want you to lean into the ministry of the Word. We truly are complete in Jesus Christ. So I want you to have a fabulous service Wherever you are, if you can, stand up. Worship with the worship team. Say to the Lord, God, I want you to speak to my life today, and I know he will. Let's have a wonderful service together. A little fun at offering time and thanking God. So can you just give God a praise again? Amen. Amen, amen. I am so happy to see each and every one of you this morning. I know that God brought you here today for a powerful encounter with him. You know, when we enter into the presence of the Lord, whatever has transpired in the week, whatever news we have, whatever circumstances we face, we can look and know that we have been completely chosen to be complete in him. And so I thank God that you're here. This morning, I am here to introduce some very dear new friends, um, and some that I've known for a little bit, but got to know a lot more during this weekend. Yesterday, we had a fabulous sewing lab here at Bella Vida Resource Center in the cafe, and these lovely pastors from America are national and state leaders for women's ministries of all the churches in their state or in their nation or beyond. So I'm going to introduce them. Pastor Debbie, would you stand and just wave at everybody? From Northern California, Pastor Heidi from Kansas. Pastor Joanne Butrin is the head of all international ministries in the world. Joanne, we're so glad you're with us. Pastor Mary from North Carolina. So happy that you're here. And this morning, Pastor Nanda Houston is going to be coming. I want you to give her a warm welcome in just a moment. But she has recently taken her post as the national leader. And you'll have to tell them how many churches in the whole U.S. Um, it's thousands. <laughs> um, and she went from Southern California to Missouri, so where my one daughter Jessica lives, to where my other daughter Erica lives. And I know that God has given Pastor Nanda a great word. I also want you to know that sometimes God gives you encounters with friendship. Pastor Chris and Kim have just arrived, and they're going to be with us for years in Jesus' name. And when God brings new friends into our lives, we make ourselves available and open Amen. I've shared so many of your testimonies with them. This morning, I was just telling Pastor Nanda a little bit, but I want you to know that on this stage of international worship team members and all of our fabulous online and media tech crew that is helping, dozens, say dozens, dozens of testimonies of God's redeeming Jehovah Jireh ways in our lives. You're a testimony of God's redeeming love and his purposes and his plans for you. So will you do me a very warm ICF welcome to my new wonderful friend, Pastor Nanda Houston. Thank you so much. Love you. Good morning, friends and family and church. How are you today? It is my good pleasure to be with you today. Amen. Good. 
God is in this place, my friends. I come from America to say, wow, the Lord is, he is in this place, and God is so good to meet us where we are, yes? Amen. Well, I bring greetings from the U.S. and from the Assemblies of God, which is my new oversight of uh, women's ministries for the nation. There's 66 districts, 13,000 pastors, um, many, many, many churches. So it's, it's a big job. But these ladies, there's directors in every state, and they minister to the women who are ministering to the women in the churches, tremendous leaders. And we thank God for what he is doing in the body of Christ. Amen? And yeah, when the world gets darker, guess what? The church gets brighter. Isn't that right? Yeah. Um, I want to introduce myself, and so I have a picture of my, uh, my husband. We have been married next month for 40 years. Woo! <laughs> I always say, Pastor Jen, about... 37 of the best years of my life. We had some hard times. Anybody know you're married? You don't have to raise your hand. It's a little tough at times. And then because of that, now we have three sons and a daughter, and they're all married. You can put up the next slide. We have eight grandchildren now, and this was Christmas. All the kids, uh, I'm nanny to the, to the grandkids, and I buy them Christmas pajamas every year. And so I have to take a picture. I make them. You know, the one thing I'm like, I have to have the picture. So it's Jude, Aria, Liam, Lennon, Shiloh, Connor, Indian, Hallie. And um, they are a great joy. I left them in California. We left our parents. We left our children and our grandchildren. And you know what, though? God makes up for. He gives us peace when we're on assignment, my friends. Okay, and so people say, how are you doing without your kids? Yes, there are tough days, but I know where I am, that I am supposed to be where I am. And because of that, the peace that passes all understanding will guard and keep your, your heart and your mind. Not just your heart, but your mind also. And I don't have to go crazy thinking about how much I miss them. I do get to see them. We make plans. When I go home on Monday, then I'm flying to California on Friday so I get to see them. Amen. Well, I want to share a word with you today. And I'm so excited. I believe that God has something to say. I believe in the Holy Spirit so much that it doesn't matter if I say it. He can say it to you while you're sitting in church. So you may say, oh, I heard this, and I will say, I didn't say that. Have you ever had that happen? Pastor Jen, you probably has. Thank you so much, Pastor Jen, for your gracious hospitality and the staff, and um, this church is amazing. And if you are here and you say, oh, this is normal, my friends, this is not normal. And I mean that because it's exceptional. It's excellent. It's seeking God. A hundred percent. And, um, you know, sometimes churches get into a little bit, you know, not so much that, right? But here, passionately pursuing the face of God. And so thank God that you are here. And if you're online, get here. Next service, get here. You're experiencing, and I welcome um, the church online as well. Um, well, in line of what has gone on this month, talking about completely chosen, would you put up that verse, John 15, 16, I want to read this verse. It says, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you might go and bear fruit and fruit that will last. This is our mission. And it's birthed out of relationship, not just doing things for God. It's relationship. And guess what? God knew you first. It's not that you found him. Um, he, he, you have been created in his image. 
You have been, you're a masterpiece of the master. You are, you are one of a kind. And I want to talk to you this morning about something power, I believe that is powerful in knowing um, that we are chosen, and that is our identity. I think that um, identity is powerful because have you ever gone up to somebody and started talking to them, and you go, you, you're talking, and you say, and they go, oh, wait, that's not you. I, it's, it's a case of mistaken identity, right? There's mistaken identity. There's stolen identity. Has anybody ever had your, your identity theft, right, uh, um, online and cards and everything like that? Somebody's taken your name and run with it. Stolen identity. And then there's false identity. And that's really where I want to end up the service today is talking about how the enemy has a plan to mess up your identity and your thoughts about your identity because it's, it's tied to how you are chosen. And you can't go there unless you know this first. And many times we have things that are spoken over us, words that are said by parents sometimes, by teachers by other leaders, maybe even friends. You have words in your head that are driving you and, 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 and directing your identity. And that's what I want to address today. All right? Are you with me today? Amen. It's so great to hear that. I love that. Um, why is it important to know who we are? Because our identity is tied to our purpose. Our identity is tied to our relationship with God. When I know that I am chosen... I know that I'm loved. I know that. And it's not based on how I feel when I wake up in the morning. Because guess what? On Monday morning, you don't always feel loved. On Monday morning, you don't always feel chosen. Do you, Pastor Jen? On Monday morning, you can look back and go, well, that Sunday morning, Sunday was amazing. Today, not so much. But it, you know what? It's not about our feeling. It's about what we know. The Bible says you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Now, many people say the truth will set you free. And actually, my friends... That is not true. The truth will not set you free. It is the truth that you know that sets you free. Amen? The truth that you know. And this is, my friends, this is the truth. Jesus is the truth. It is the truth that you know that sets you free. When we know that we are loved because we know God, when we know that we, know that we are valued, then we know that we have purpose. Then we know that we are known and seen and valued. These are very important things because without that, we feel the opposite of that. This world beats us up. The enemy beats you up and makes you feel unloved, unknown, unvalued, and that you don't have a purpose. That's his job, right? The Bible says in John 10, to steal, to kill, and to destroy, right? And he's trying to steal your identity because guess what? If you walk in your identity and your purpose, there's nothing that can stop you because God is with you. Because he made you. Because you've been made by God and you've been made for God. And let me tell you, that's not restricting. Like, I don't think, what is he going to make me do? No, no. He made you. He handcrafted you. He designed you because he has a purpose for you. And when you are walking in your purpose, you are satisfied. Remember we sang that song about that I could be content? That is how you can be content because you are walking in your purpose. How could I leave California and, and go thousands of miles away and a suddenly moment happened and I knew that I was supposed to go to this new assignment and leave my grandchildren and my kids and our parents. Why? 
because I knew that God was calling, because I know the voice of my heavenly father, and I know that this is in line with the purpose that he has called me for. I would rather he give it to somebody else. These ladies are much smarter than me. I would say, Lord, have you thought of Mary? Have you thought of Heidi? Have you thought of Debbie? But he said, no, I want you for this. And we have to say, yes. When then, it's not because you, you think you can do it, right? But because of the strength that God gives. I want to share with you this morning about um, a story of three Hebrew men, young men who knew their identity. I don't know if you remember the story, and I can't read the whole thing this morning, but I want to share with you quickly the story of Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. And it's in Daniel chapter 3. You can read that. Um, I'm not going to read the whole thing, just parts of it this morning, okay? Let me find this. See, it's important to know your identity because on a good day, you're fine. On a good day, you're fine. But on a hard day, that's when the test comes about who you are. And that's what makes you unsure. And we all have tests. The, I have problem. You have problem. All God's children have problems, right? Being a believer doesn't mean that we are immune from problems. But God, Jesus himself said, in this world, you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer because I've overcome. So we all go through situations and problems. And we can be fine and know who we are and be secure and say, yes, I know God and I know who I am. But then when things get rocky, when the storm comes, then we lose our bearings. And then we say, I'm not sure. I'm telling you, you can know who you are and know your God in the middle of a storm. And that's what we need to do. It's not always easy, but making choices that we're walking in that direction, which is trusting in the Lord. These three Hebrews, they were living in Jerusalem, and the enemy came, Babylonians came in and took their city, took them captive. They were sl slaves now working for King Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar. They were trained. Um, they worked in because they were very smart. So they went, went to Babylonia um, University. And they were used in upper levels of, they had favor on them because they were very smart. The Bible says they were very good looking. And so the king says, yes, pick the smartest and the most good looking of those Jews and train them in the customs of Babylonia. And then, um, so he did. But then Nebuchadnezzar made a huge um, idol, uh, an image of himself. And when the music played, everybody was supposed to bow down and worship the idol. Now, Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego said they weren't going to do that. They weren't going to bow down. And somebody told them, uh, the King Nebuchadnezzar, that they were not going to bow down. They didn't do it. They refused. And which, that's a, a message in itself, but that's not where I'm going today, okay? I want to share with you, though, when they did go through the fire, my friends, we go through fire sometimes. And you know what he said, what they said um, to the king? They said... That if, if we go through, my God is able to deliver. But even if he doesn't deliver us from the fire, he will make a way for us. They went through that fire. They were the, 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 the uh, Nebuchadnezzar heated it up seven times hotter. People outside of the fire were killed because of the heat, the intensity. Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego were bound up, thrown into the fire. And when they looked into the fire, they didn't see three. They saw four. Nebuchadnezzar said, I thought we put three guys in there. Why is there four? And one looks like the son of, of a god. 
they, and then he said, you guys, are you in there? Are you okay? And they said, yes. Well, come on out. And so they came out. They were unbound, no longer constrained. Their hair was not singed. They did not smell of smoke. Jesus was with them. They went through the fire. Sometimes God delivers us from the fire, and then sometimes we go through the fire. And if we don't know our identity, we miss it. So I want to show you, these are the names that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they're real names. They're real names. They're Hebrew names. Or Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Hananiah means Jehovah has been gracious. Mishael means who is like God. And Azariah means Jehovah has helped. They, the Babylonians changed their names, took, away, took them out of their home, made them slaves, made them learn the Babylonian language, gave them new names, and gave them names of Babylonian gods. It would be like they said, you're no longer um, Mishael, Hananiah, and Azariah. You are now Beelzebub, Satan, and Lucifer. It's kind of like that. How would you like it? if in your new place that you had to be called uh, Lucifer every day. That's your new name. That's what they call you. Do you think that would get in you after a while? But guess what? It didn't. It didn't get into them. They knew who they were. Even in the hard time, they did not forget that they were chosen. They knew they were chosen. And they said, even if we go through fire, even if we become slaves, even if we don't get to go to our homeland, even if we have to learn a new language, even if they rename us, even though God is still faithful and he will deliver us. He will deliver us. There's three things that I want you to walk away from today, with today. And that is that you know God. Those three Hebrews, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, I really don't even like to call them that anymore, you know? I want to call them... Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, their real names. That was in them. That was inside deep. So when it came to a moment where they said, if we will die if we bow down, if we don't bow down. But they said, you know what? Okay, that's the way it is. Because I'm not going to compromise my walk with God. So they knew their God. You can know about God, but through Jesus, you can know God. That's the difference. So it's like, it's like, Pastor Jen, forgive me of this analogy, but it's like this. Um, what is your name? Denise. I know Denise because I just met her. I know her. But my friends, I know my husband. You know what I'm saying? There's a different level of knowing. Yes? There's a different level of knowing. You can know about God, and you can know okay, uh, just a little bit know God. But God's desire is that you know him intimately. And this is the difference that makes when you can know who you are and know your identity, that you know God, that you are chosen. You know um, also what God says about you. This is what God says about you right here. We have to get into the word of God because this is what it says. God, what God says about you is more true than what anybody else says. Even you, sometimes our own thinking is worse than anybody else. What goes on in here? And we need to get into the word of God to find out what God says about us so that we know God 
and we know what God says about us, that's what those three Hebrew boys did. They knew God, and they didn't forget, even when it was hard. It was, by the way, it was hard for a long time, Pastor Jen. It wasn't just the fire. They'd been going through some tough times for a very long time. At least three years, they were in preparation at Babylonian University. They were in training and before they took their positions. And that they had high positions. They were even honored in that culture. But they did not compromise who they were inside, who they were. They never forgot that. And they didn't adapt, which is very easy today, isn't it, to adapt to the culture that we are in. But you know what? We need to be, we need to be different. We need to be a part of it. We need to bring our light in. I'm not saying don't go in. We need to bring our light but we need to know who we are. And you can't do that unless you know God and unless you, are, you know what God says about you. And then you have to know who you are. So you can know what God says about you. My friend, as a Christian, you can come to church and you go, I know what God says. I know that he says this. I know that he, he says that I'm loved. I, I know that he says I'm forgiven. I know that he says, you can know that, but it can never get into you. I know people who, it's like this. You guys all know about Disneyland, right? I lived by Disneyland. <laughs> and it's like buying a ticket at Disneyland, and it's going up through the, the front gate, and you get in, and you're right there. And you see, has anybody been to Disneyland before? Has anybody? <laughs> there's, there's, the first, there's the first little entry part. But then if you would say, oh, look at those flowers of Mickey Mouse's face. Oh, that's so nice to be at Disneyland. I love this place. It's been so much fun. Or you can go in. Your ticket is to go in. And that's the difference. Sometimes as, as believers, we say, well, I just want to make sure that I'm, you know, going to heaven. There's so much more to that. Because God made you and created you. He wants to have relationship with you every day. It's not just about getting to heaven. Bonus, bonus, yes. But it is about what we do here and now. And not just, not just barely getting through. I'm just going to limp into heaven. No, how about let's sprint into heaven victoriously. How about let's say, yes, you know what? But my God will deliver. He is able no matter what. You have to know it. This, look at this. It says, the voice you believe will always determine the future you experience. So you can know all the things, but it is what you believe that makes the difference. That is what makes the difference. You know, when I was young, I traveled around a lot. As, well, moved around a lot, I mean. I moved from place to place very frequently. So I was always leaving friends and always trying to make new friends. I was always the new girl. There was good sides of that, but there was hard sides about that too. Then I had some family situations, and I'm not going to go into it here, but very painful um, abuse that went on in my life within my family. And that was, again, I feel like the enemy was trying to shut me down and shut me up. Then I went through school, and I just felt unseen. Actually, I felt invisible. That's the word. The afterwards, I had to think about how I felt through school. You know, and I wasn't a popular person, wasn't in the athletics and all that, you know, things that would make you popular or something. I wasn't, that wasn't me. And because of that, I would walk through school. My best friend, <laughs> very popular, very beautiful, homecoming queen. She was, she was all that. I was walking right next to her. So they would say hi to her, but they wouldn't say hi to me. And it was not because I wasn't friendly. You can see I'm a friendly person, right? <laughs> but I, I left that school feeling very invisible. Um, 
feeling insecure because of the, my many moves and just always being new and not having friends and not having a place that I belonged. I, I found those places, but it was hard. But through that, the Lord set me up. The enemy wanted to take me out because you know what? He knew about this day. I could never imagine this day. I never even wanted this day. But I was created by God and I was created for God. And when you submit to that, it's the happiest place on earth, not Disneyland. God, walking with God is the happiest place because he knows you and he has a purpose. And in Ephesians 2, it says that he's already gone ahead and prepared those things. You don't have to think them up. You don't have to go, I wonder what I can do for God. Oh, it's so, oh my goodness, I have to think of some good things I can do for God. He, no. Read Ephesians 2.10. He created you, and then he prepared the things that you walk in. So all we have to do is follow. He is the leader. He is the shepherd, right? And we are the sheep, and we follow. Sometimes when I try to get out, leaders, we try to lead. We have to lead. We have to lead a lot of people. But even as a leader, we are a follower first, <laughs> To be a good leader, you have to be a good follower of Jesus. And when I get stressed out about, I need ideas, I need creativity, I need, I don't know, right? I go, no, I just need to follow Jesus. Because he's already prepared the things that I'm supposed to walk into. He knows where I'm supposed to go. Because he made me. You know what a pressure that is? Now, we have to walk, we have to link up with that. We have to hold his hand. Just doesn't come in the mailbox. You know, you walk outside, oh good, it's all happening. It's partnership with God, but that's the way he wants it. He doesn't want to be God up here and telling us what to do down here and probably even the things that he's like, I want you to be a missionary, and right? That's, what people, that's why people don't want to get close to Jesus because that's what they think, but guess what? When you are walking with Jesus, when he, when he is your Lord and Savior, when you have a relationship, but I don't mean on Sunday, I mean every day. You're in the word, you're, talk, you're just talking to Jesus. You're just communicating with him. When you have that kind of a relationship, then he starts to unfold your purpose and your destiny for such a time as this, right? I want to close today in this way. I really feel that God wanted to, he led me this way last night. I was praying for you, and I don't know you, and you don't know this lady who came from the United States, but you know, we are a family, right? And I, I believe that the enemy's strategy to keep us from knowing that we are completely chosen is he attacks who we are, our identity. And one way he does that, and this is what I want to focus on. You have worship come up? Yes, that'd be great. Thank you. Um, the one way that he does that is, I talked about it early on, is those words that somebody else declares over you or speaks over you or says, you are, you are, never going to be, make something of yourself. You are always going to be a mess. You are never fill in the blank. Sometimes it's a parent. Sometimes it's a teacher. You are never going to be smart. You are never going to be make something of your life. Those words, my friend, are powerful. Listen to me. Death and life is in the power of the tongue, the Lord says, in the word of God. Now, they don't have ultimate control, but they've gotten into you. Maybe not all the words. All the words through your life? No. But some of those words right now, you're thinking about them in your heart. And you know that thing that you keep rolling, no matter what happens, on a bad day when you mess up, you hear that voice of that person over and over again. 
You hear it. You're never going to do it. I told you, you're a mess up. Whatever that is, whatever those words that were spoken. And guess what? We can pray this morning. Not me. I don't have anything. In the name of Jesus. And the blood of Jesus. And the anointing of the Holy Spirit that breaks the that. He breaks that. He breaks that word curse over you. And I know that's what he's going to do this morning. Because when you recognize that and then say, that has no more power over me because I'm going to choose to believe what God says over that person. And maybe that person is you. Maybe you keep on saying, I'm, I'm terrible, I'm stupid, I'm not enough. Maybe it's you. Maybe you need to break that in yourself and say, you have no right, you're, you're chosen. You're specially handmade and handcrafted by the Lord. He has a purpose for you. He took time out of all of creation to stop and say, I'm going to make you unique fingerprints that nobody else has. Purpose and calling that nobody else has. He could have put you in any time in throughout history and he said, now, I want you here now. His eye is on you. His heart is for you. He is with you. So what is stopping? Maybe those words. Would you stand with me this morning? And would you close your eyes, bow your head for a minute? Just wanted you to think about if there, you don't have to make anything up. If there's nothing, then there's nothing. But I know that there's some of you in this place. People have continually said things, or maybe they only did it once. That's what happened to me. Somebody said, a family member said something to me once, and I said, that's it. Okay, then I'm going to go the other way. It was a defining moment in my life. Maybe you've done that. I want you to think about that for a minute. And then as the worship team begins to play, because we're going to pray, and maybe our, our, um, our girls from, from um, the states that you can pray with people this morning too, that if there's some of you this morning, would you come forward? We want to pray with you. We want to lay hands on you and say we break those words in the name of Jesus, the power of those words. And that you would hear the voice of God and listen to what he says about you over what somebody else has said about you. Come on, come down front. Let's pray together. We want to call on the name of the Lord. And sometimes we have to put faith in our feet and action. Activate that. You can do it right there, yes. But there's something about agreeing with somebody in prayer. There's something about saying, I'm not alone in this. So come on, come forward and let's call on the Lord and say, God, that you would put an end to this, that you wouldn't be haunted by that voice forever. I'll tell you what, the presence of the Lord is so real to change your life. So today I want to invite you to pray with me. Maybe you would say, Pastor Jen, the ministry of the word and the scripture today really challenged me to draw closer to Jesus. So right now, I want to invite you to say to the Lord, I want to give you all of my heart. So I want you to repeat this prayer with me, and then I want you to send me an email later and let me know I'm making some new decisions to go deeper with Jesus. Dear Lord Jesus, you say it, dear Lord Jesus, I ask you right now, come into my heart, change my life, Help me to walk closer to you, Jesus, than ever before. I trust you, and I receive your love, and I receive your forgiveness. In Jesus' name, 
Amen. That is the best prayer you have ever prayed. And you know why I know? Because the Bible says, choose you today who you will serve. So every day you have to wake up and decide, Lord, I'm going to trust you in this day, in this circumstance. I also know that there are so many who have big needs. They have big prayer requests before God. So I'm praying with you right now, wherever you are, that the Lord would surround you, that in this very moment, God, I pray that the Holy Spirit of God would come and descend in that room of listening, in that living room, in that dining room, uh, in that car, God, wherever someone is listening right now, and that their faith would jump alive, that they would hear you saying, I'm not done. I'm still working on it, says the Lord. I've got a miracle in motion for you, so I want you to believe with the Lord. I want you to walk in victory and I want you to know that the Lord is with you. And Father, we thank you for the miracle testimonies that are in the making that we're going to hear in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I also want to thank you for being a part of our online campus. I thank you for your online giving. I thank you for the way you're investing in the way we invest in people's lives. It's not just for today. It's for eternity. And so I want you to say to the Lord, God, how can I do more for the kingdom of God right where I am, whether I'm online or on campus? There are so many wonderful activities. You need to check out the website. You need to click for registrations. There's going to be so many wonderful things that we have to offer this summer. You may go on vacation, but we don't take a vacation from Jesus. Remember, Jesus is with you wherever you go, and we must stay connected. So take advantage of online ministry and online giving to stay connected to what God is doing in you and through you with the body of Christ here at the International Christian Fellowship of Rome. I love you, and I know this is going to be a fantastic week for you.